0: Well, friends, we've been talking about love in action. And the name of this series comes from this particular verse. You'll see why when we talk about it through the message translation in a minute. But love in action is really what happens at Christmas. It is God's love in action for us. And today we're going to be talking about um, giving radically, So, would you pray with me and we will study the word. Gracious God, we thank you for this good opportunity. And on this very busy day of the year, we pray that you will help us stop and think and pray long enough to do something very good with it. In your name, amen. On my most recent trip back home, I was helping my mom go through years of paperwork. Those of you that have heard me talk about her before know that she is a collector of everything. And I could not believe the volumes of useless junk that she has kept. Old, old uh, appointment reminder cards, a credit card statement from Montgomery Ward, How long has Montgomery Ward been out of business? Uh, My brother's third grade report card. But we start sorting through all of this stuff and she passes me an envelope that she is certain that I have seen before. Only I've never seen this envelope and I have never seen what's inside of it. Inside of the envelope is a letter that was written on January 11th 1980 my second birthday it is on a company letterhead the company that was owned by my grandfather and managed by my father and on the outside of the envelope is my father's immediately recognizable chicken scratch handwriting this letter is addressed to me or at least to the two-year-old version of myself It is three pages long, and at the end, there is a poem that he wrote. And in this letter, he wrote about what it was like for him to be a first-time father and to watch me start to grow up. And he spends several paragraphs talking about how much he loves my mother and how when I grow up, if I turn out to be a good person, that she gets all of the credit for that. And he also writes about all the things that he hopes and dreams for my life and how he thinks that the world is a better place because I am in it. Now, this is the second one of these letters that we have uncovered over the years. It's been over a decade since my father was gone. The other one that we found was when I was four years old. A couple hours later, I'm packing up my suitcase to fly back down here and As is the case, every single time we go visit my mother, she wants to send her entire house back to Florida with us. So she's collected all kinds of random stuff, most of it highly breakable and very occasionally valuable. And she unloads it on us right as we are trying to walk out the door. It's always here. One more thing, one more thing. This trip is no exception. But there was not a single thing, Not one that I was as interested in protecting as much as this letter from my father. Everything else got thrown into the suitcase. Fingers crossed, TSA, baggage handlers didn't really care. But that letter, that letter went in a special compartment on my carry-on that nothing else could touch. I wanted to keep it safe. Now, had we been mailing these exact same items down here, and we had to declare some kind of insurance inventory, the replacement value on three pieces of paper and an envelope would have been nominal at best. But the words, the words on these three pieces of paper are irreplaceable because they're my father's love letters to his little girl. And they mean more to me than just about anything else that I have ever been given. Today we're talking about a component of love and action called radical giving. And the world understands radical giving far differently than how God demonstrates it. One of the best examples of the way that the world understands radical giving is when the morning news shows spend some time each December commentating on the Neiman Marcus catalog. Have you all ever seen the Neiman Marcus catalog? It is fascinating. The catalog itself is one thing. The commentary from the news people is one of the truest reflections of humanity's warped sense of what it means to be generous and to show love. So I've I've picked up some of the highlights for you of this year's catalog. First of all, we have a snow globe. And look at this. It actually has Neiman Marcus written on it. And it can be yours to give away for the low, low bargain price of $98. $98 for you to advertise for Neiman Marcus. But maybe, maybe you want to give something you know, helpful, a hostess gift, something like that. Maybe you have someone who's a foodie. Do you know that you can buy 30 glazed apricots 30 of them, which by the way, you can also get at Fresh Market, but 30 of them for $85. I think they're probably glazed in gold. And then for the man in your life who has everything, you are going to want to get this $6,000 picture book that comes in this lovely tin It is a picture book of Ferraris. (laughs) So um, ladies, if you're just not sure, this, this apparently is a hot seller. Last I saw on the Neiman Marcus website last night, they had sold six of them. So they're going pretty fast. But there is nothing quite like hearing the morning news anchor gush about how surprised and overjoyed your loved one is going to be on Christmas morning when they open that box of apricots. They are going to be so excited. And what a phenomenally specific niche it would have to be to find someone who wants a book in a tin about Ferraris. But this is where we are in 2018, and that puts us a long, long, long way from Bethlehem. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was in the beginning through him all things were made and nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. We're talking about Jesus here. That's who we're talking about. The whole Christmas story starts with God. God who created the universe, the stars and the heavens and wonderfully and uniquely created created you and despite all of that wonder and joy we want more we have wanted more of everything almost from the very beginning more power more influence more stuff and the truth is that the more that we have gotten of that the less that we experience the life that we were created for We get lost in this sea of demands, demands on our time and requests for our money and expectations on our bodies. At one of the lowest points in humanity, after we had run through judges and prophets and kings, God had had enough. And so he sent himself to restore us to the life that we were created for. Jesus is that light that leads us home. Even when we can't see as much as the very next step, Jesus goes before us and leads us out of the darkness into the light and more importantly, into life. That is the ultimate gift. Think about this. On some level, all of the gifts that we give, all of the gifts that we give we think are going to improve someone's life. When it comes to the children, the goal is, is to improve their life momentarily by creating that spark of joy and giving them the toys that they asked for. And sometimes we run into that old cliche about men giving their wives vacuums for Christmas. Don't do that? But sometimes that happens and in this case and in this case the goal is that someone is help, hoping to improve somebody else's life. Oh dear, you're going to love this version of it. It has five speeds. No, you know what would improve somebody's life? If you would vacuum. Yeah. That's how you improve somebody's life. But there are these times when we give these gifts that we're just convinced, convinced are gonna be the one to improve somebody's life. So we give a manicure or a massage or a self-help book. But all of those things, the vacuum, the toys, the manicure, all of those things, no matter which angle you take, all of them come with the idea that this is going to improve, this is going to make better somebody's life. Well, God gave us Jesus so that we would have life. Not to improve your life, but so that you would have it in the first place, the way that God created it to be. Jesus is this gift of life. The scripture says the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And yet to all who did receive him, To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. In Jesus, we are born of God. We are literally given life. That's what God gave us for Christmas. Life. His life and our lives. The message translation of this passage, which is my absolute favorite translation, we get to these last couple of verses, and it's translated this way. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, this one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. The reason I love this translation of the scripture is that it captures the Christmas message. At Christmas, we celebrate when God moved into the neighborhood, not just some neighborhood, someplace else, but into each of our neighborhoods. This is not a card sent from a distance. It's not a delivery of flowers ordered through a website. There is no Amazon Prime middleman here. This is God showing up in person, in person, hand delivered. That's radical giving. That's radical giving because that is thoughtfulness and effort and intentionality, love to the highest degree. Back in January of 1980, my dad was 31 years old. We lived in a tiny little house in the suburbs of Baltimore City. And I am sure that my two-year-old self thought that we had it made in the shade. I did not know about our financial situation or how hard my dad worked in a job that he really, really hated or how my parents were saving up for a house in a better school district. But I'd also be lying if I told you that I could remember what I got for Christmas that year or pretty much any year, except for the year I got the Cabbage Patch doll because you know how much those mean to me. But but isn't that an amazing thing that I lived under the same roof with this man for 18 Christmases and I barely remember a single gift that he gave me? And now over the last couple of years, these letters have been showing up and as you can tell, they are priceless to me. It's not just because of the words, but because of all that went into them. Those letters took some time. They were very intentional. They were deeply personal. My father thought about me, just me with every stroke of his pen. And everything that he wrote came straight from his heart. There is nothing in them that could ever be bought anywhere in the world, at any price. That makes them radical acts of giving. It's not a coincidence that I decided to wait until this point in our series to talk about radical giving. Today is December 23rd. We're all here, but I promise you, when you leave here, every mall, every shopping center, everywhere you go, parking lots are gonna be jammed to capacity, Checkout lines are going to be filled with frazzled and exasperated shoppers. So much anticipation goes into finding just the right gift, wrapping it just right, making sure the tree looks full underneath, making sure that everybody's lists got fulfilled. But what's going to happen on December 26th? Is anything going to be really different other than possibly you've got some new stuff? Is is that life? Is is that the life that we're going to celebrate in Jesus? That we wake up on the 26th and and things just aren't going to be all that different? So I want to challenge you to think about what you could do today, that you could still do today to make this Christmas different. What could you possibly give that would be radically generous? One of the things that struck me about my dad's letters is the time. I'm not really sure that he knew back then how little time he was going to have on this earth. I don't think most 30-somethings give a whole lot of thought to that kind of thing. But when all was said and done, my father spent quite a few of his precious hours on those letters. And that number probably pales in comparison to the hours he spent coaching lacrosse for me or soccer for my brother or the hours that he spent driving me to school because I had to go in early or stay late or the weeks of family vacation that he took us on that I never really seemed to appreciate. What what could you do with your time on December 25th that will change Christmas both for you and for someone else? Will you give up your cell phone, your computer, your, your work for 24 hours just, just to be present to the people that are around you? Will you go outside, take a hike with a friend or a neighbor to take a moment to deeply appreciate the creation that is all around you? Will you make a meal for someone that is alone and maybe, just maybe, when you deliver it, stick around to eat with them? Will you make your way to a soup kitchen or to a homeless shelter or have a conversation with someone who feels that they most certainly have been forgotten? Parents, grandparents, Will you build that Lego set with your kids when you give it to them? Will you wash the dishes with your spouse after Christmas dinner? Will you meet people where they are in their neighborhood? Will you do that? Will you listen to your teenage children and grandchildren Talk for hours about bands and movies that you've never even heard of. Will you take them to go see them? And will you listen to your grandparents and the older folks around your table tell those stories of way back when they were kids? And will you appreciate that? Will you sit down and write a letter to someone that you love to make sure that they know how precious they are to you long after you are gone? Or maybe that's a letter that needs to be sent right now. God had the whole world at his disposal. He could have bought the entire Neiman Marcus catalog infinity times over. But instead of giving you a snow globe or a book about Ferraris, he gave you life. He gave you life. So the question is this, what radical thing, what radical thing are you going to do with this one wild and precious life of yours that is going to give such a generous gift to someone else? That's love in action this Christmas. Would you pray with me? God, we, uh, we all came into this morning having plans for today. There's a lot of last-minute things that have to be done, a little bit of running around and preparations. Maybe, just maybe, we'd ask that your spirit would come around us this day and, and change our schedule Shake it up a little bit. Help us to reprioritize our day. To do something that is radically generous. And to give a gift that is priceless, as we have been given one in Jesus. In whose name we pray. Amen.